Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Renegade Blitz, the best podcast for Steelers fans by Steelers fans. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz, at RBlitzPod, and at Blitz Videos. Read articles on RenegadeBlitz.com, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. And welcome back to the Renegade Blitz Podcast. I'm Ty Pope with Chris Ward and Brandon Walker. Back with you to talk about the NFL Draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers in Man, it was a very exciting one. Uh, the Steelers got their guy at the top of the round. But also, there's a, a bunch of other interesting little things that they got in the in the meantime of this draft that we want to talk about as well. And what more can we say about our next guest we have here? It's kind of a, a legend in the Pittsburgh sporting world. He's bumped elbows with just about anyone and everyone that has come through in the media side from here, from Chris Carter, who we've had on this show numerous times, all the way out to guys like I seen at the Western Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame this past weekend, and I talked to him then, and I knew right then and there we had to get him on the show. So it's an honor, it's a privilege to bring on Smokin' Jim Frazier, NFL scout, host of Pittsburgh Sports Line and Steel City Sports World, and also the Boxing Authorities with Claudio Relzano and Luther J. Dupree. Smoking Jim, we've been talking about you a lot on this show and off and off air. It's it's probably the best episode we'll ever have with you on, man. Hey, thanks, Ty. I always enjoy working with you and my main man, Brandon Skywalker, man. It's going to going to be fun and looking forward to meeting Chris as well. Yeah, of course, this is uh, the first meeting of Chris Ward and Smoking Jim Frazier and just say, Chris, I heard, I heard let, get ready, man. It's it's going to be a wild one, but you'll enjoy it at the end, man. But, uh, of course, when you talk about the Steelers draft, you think of this. They, they had to wait 20 picks for a quarterback to be selected. No Malik Willis. No Kenny Pickett before them. They had to take their picket as we had in our emergency podcast, which <laughs> you could catch on you could catch on our Twitter page. We left it there, but we're gonna use the title for this episode of the Renegade Blitz. They managed to get with the 20th overall pick, Kenny Pickett. He's staying home in Pittsburgh. He's had the uh I, I guess he's kind of been there before with everything, you know, for Manny's Kenny Wood, the entire draft pick stick that all Steelers players get to go through but smoking Jim I want to get your thoughts on this it, there was a lot of talk that it was going to be Willis for many weeks it, it was Pickett did you have any any thoughts about that did you see Kenny Pickett coming or did you think it was Malik Willis as well uh, all, all I know is five out of the six years that he was at Pitt we'd rather have Wilson Pickett than Kenny Pickett um, you know, I, I didn't. I thought Kenny Pickett would go early. Um, I was hoping that uh, 
Malik Willis would be there because I was excited about what we might see. I was in the, um, you know, I was in the war room when um, the Ravens took, um, you know, Lamar Jackson. And I remember how upset Coach Tomlin was. So I thought, man, he, he's going to get his Lamar Jackson with, you know, Malik Willis. Um, when they passed on him, I was shocked. But I tell you what, uh, Kenny Pickett reminds me a lot of um, Mac Jones, former Alabama star who's doing well with the New England Patriots. But when I put tape on, he also reminds me of somebody that went in the draft before Dan Marino, and that's Todd Blackledge. So hopefully it'll be more Mac Jones and less of Todd Blackledge. Brandon, you kind of had a uh, reaction of, whoo. And uh, so, uh, uh, your thoughts on that on that uh, prediction by Smoking Jim? Todd Blackledge, that goes back from <laughs> what was it? 80, that was eighty three. So yeah. I think that what the Steelers are doing, uh, Jim, you think they're trying to make a, like a a make up for missing out on Dan Marino? You think that's you what the, that move is? Well, I tell you what, man, they took a lot of heat. Uh, locally, you know, Stiller Nation is strong, and I think you got a good point. Um, you know, it, it, listen, anytime you need a quarterback and you can get one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft, I think you got to pull the trigger. And they did not want that backlash of passing up on somebody. Not only did he break Dan Marino's record, but he's the ACC all time leading touchdown, um, single season touchdown record holder so um you pretty much had to go and plus he makes good decisions look how pretty his fiance is <laughs> yeah uh, and smoking uh, what would you say what, what is kenny pickett's biggest pro you think you're positive and what do you think uh is your biggest concern about him well, i think the the biggest is the biggest plus is playing six years of college ball i think a lot of times man the chris the light bulb just goes off I mean, you know, if he'd have came out last year, I don't think he'd have got drafted. Maybe he'd have been sixth, seventh round, um, probably be in the USFL right now. But coming back for that last year, looked like the game slowed down for him. He's always been a good athlete. Um, he could move around. I think he ran a four six forty. Um, you know, and don't forget that this is a draft for offensive coordinator Canada, and he played for Canada. He understand he'll be able to immediately understand the offense. Um, he can go in day training camp one and compete with Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. Um, on you know, and um, and I tell you what, uh, he's he's an older, mature guy, 24 years old, but he worked on some things. Um, he came into the season, um, he wasn't that good hitting the deep ball. He corrected those problems. He can read defenses. Like I said, don't forget, Mac Jones set the bench for Alabama for five years, four years, and he only started one year, made the most of it, and look what he's doing with New England. So, uh, you know, playing quarterback's not that hard. Find an open receiver, hit the open receiver. So, You guys got anything more to add about Pickett? Um, <clears throat> go ahead, Brandon. Um, okay, if they didn't choose Pickett, who do you, who would you have had? Malik Willis, Howell, Ritter, uh, 
Even you can go non quarterback. Lindenbaum was still available. Anybody. Lindenbaum was still available. Nicobe Dean was still available. You still had the kid who played for the Jets, Jack from Florida State, Jackson, Jermaine Jackson. Is it Jackson or Johnson? But well, the pass rusher, you could you could have went to a whole a, a lot of different directions. There's still some receivers on the board, even though you got some at fit, fit, at uh, Pickens at the second round. Who would you have picked if it wasn't Pickett? Well, I, I said before the 2021 draft that it would be a, a, a bust of a draft if the Steelers didn't get Najee Harris. I didn't think he'd still be there when they when they selected. I thought they had to move up. I've been saying all offseason that it would be a bust of a draft if the Steelers didn't get Malik Willis. Listen, you got to have a face in your football team. You guys may be too young to remember when Cordell slash Stewart um, hit the, um, you know, the tri-state area in 95. I mean, um, I always thought that a guy like Malik Willis didn't have to start, but it's hard to get third and two in the National Football League. You put him in as a wildcat. This guy got 4-3 speed. He got a laser for an arm. There's so many things he can do. Um, he's great off the field. He's a, he's a very religious guy. And I just thought that um, the excitement for Stiller Nation uh, would have definitely been there. But I can definitely understand why the Pittsburgh Steelers pulled the trigger Kenny Pitt. Oh. And I had bad taste out of the bacon, Devin Bush, that, <laughs> that runs away from work. Tackle football league a few years only because he probably his mom, mom probably would coach talk because he slighted the Jim. You're breaking up a little bit, just letting you know. They're still, still having those two players, those two guys. Sorry about that, Jim. Uh, you, you broke up a little bit on on the yeah, on the end right there, but my Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, but I did. But we did catch the uh, burn on Devin Bush, and guess who also was kind of going in on Devin Bush as well? Our own Brandon Walker. So it's yeah. good to see that the apple doesn't fall fall far away from the tree. But there's there's so much other things that you could talk about with the Steelers draft. Of course, Pickens is the next guy, and it's a universal across all facets of football Twitter that the Steelers stole this guy. And and they say that this could potentially be the best wide receiver in the draft. Only played four games last year with Georgia in that national championship season because of a knee injury in the spring. But he still managed to... I guess makes somewhat of an impact to to do that. But when you think about him, you think of, of course, the three seasons in which overall 90 receptions, 1,347 yards and 14 touchdowns. Now, of course, there was talk about Jahan Dotson. He went to the commanders. So do you, do you agree that this is the steal of the draft, at least in terms of that receiver room for the Steelers? Um, you talking to me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
uh, definitely that was a great pick. Um, this guy could be um, that Martavius Bryan type of athlete, six foot three hundred ninety five pounds, fast. You don't know how he, how that knee's going to hold out with the torn ACL. Um, he got some off the field issues as well. But I tell you what, man, this is a guy. The Steelers lost three receivers in the off season. They had to replace at least one of those guys, and I think I think George will do that. All right, how do you feel about the other receiver, uh, uh, Calvin Austin? A little short, shifty receiver. How do you feel about uh, that? Do you think he'll help out special teams? Um, I think you got the next Kevin Hart. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, what's he about five foot two? Former walk on. <laughs> Hey, listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've been struggling at that position. Don't forget Switzer was that type of guy. You know, Dre Archer was that type of guy. And to a lesser degree, Sammy Coates had all the speed in the world but couldn't catch a cold. So you just don't know. I don't believe he returned punts at Memphis. They're looking for him to return some punts. But uh, he's a speed guy. He's a track guy. But I got him listed at about five foot seven. So he got his work cut out for him. But, you know, Canada, that's what Canada loves. He loves that, you know, that speed option, reverses, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quick. So he could feel that bill. We'll just have to see. Yeah, and, and uh, Pickens, uh, like, like Ty mentioned, like people are saying he could be the steal of the draft because, you know, lots of people say he would have been a first-round pick if he didn't have that – ACL injury, um, but I, I think uh, like you mentioned the off-field uh, concerns. You, you think that would, I, I don't think that would be an issue with the Steelers because you know they dealt with receivers before. But uh, I, I seen just like he got in a fight with Georgia Tech, and I, I guess uh, against Tennessee he squirted a water bottle on somebody or something. I guess those were two instances. But uh, uh, what, what do you know about him as a player uh, as far as off the field and on the field? This well, I tell you what, on the field, man, he's a Georgia. He's a Georgia Bulldog on the field, man. You know, I mean, this guy is a 4-3 guy. He ran a 4-4 at the at his pro day or at the combine. But uh, when he's fully healthy, um, he got 4-3 speed. Um, you know, he's a long strider. Once he gets up on the defensive back, he can really go deep. The question's going to be, can Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett get the ball to these speedsters? You know, I mean, these – these guys can fly. I mean, uh, you know, you Kelvin Austin the third is is a track guy. He's a, he got Olympic type speed, and and so does uh, Pickens. Um, do do we have a quarterback that can get it that deep? Um, so these guys can run under it. You're talking about some of these guys is the fastest to come into the NFL since Cliff Branch. Could we have a quarterback like Daryl LaMonica? the mad bomber that can get it to him. So we just have to find out. Speed speed does you, you no good. You don't have a quarterback to get it out there. Rest in peace to him. <clears throat> yeah. recently. So let's talk about the defensive picks for the Steelers. They drafted in the third round DeMarvin Leal, a defensive end from Texas A&M. This is the second straight defensive player that the Steelers have picked from Texas A&M last year was Buddy Johnson. And there's they're saying that, quote, Terrell Austin had this to say, we had a very nice grade on him. 
it, the fact that he was sitting there really surprised all of us, so it was a no-brainer for us to choose him, and he had a pretty good junior season before going out. Eight and a half sacks, 12 and a half tackles for loss. He led the Aggies in all categories. Now, of course, the, the big thing with the Steelers is the defensive line's health and age. Of course, Tyson Alulu was lost for the season due to that ankle injury. Stephon Tuitt, uh, due to a knee surgery and, and I guess you want to call it just a, a mental health issue, I guess for lack of a better term, and really not wanting to phrase it about as poorly as you possibly could. And so do you think that this guy alongside Isaiah Loudermilk and also the rest of the Steelers' defensive line, which... In that in, with those injuries and all other things around them, Chris Wormley carved out a really nice niche for himself. So do you think that Leo can go out there early and maybe steal a job or at least a nice rotation piece? I tell you what, D. Marvin and, and Buddy Johnson will be fighting over a spot on the bench. <laughs> you know, there'll be two Texas A&M guys sitting right next to each other on the bench. Hey, listen, this is an undersized. And Stillers play a 3-4 defense. You can't have a guy 6'3", 280. You want somebody around 300, 305 pounds to anchor that defensive end position. This guy's an athlete. He can do a backflip, so maybe the, the halftime show, we could throw uh, Frisbees to the dog and catch at halftime show and let him do some backflips, but he's not going to play. Listen, it's Wormsley's job. I don't care who it comes back and is mentally, healthily, healthily cleared to play. I don't think he's better than Wormsley. Wormsley showed what he can do those last five games. I got a lot of confidence in him. The main guy we want back is Tyson Alalu, um, you know, to anchor that uh, nose guard position. Let's hope we can get something out of the Davis twins uh, this year. Already got rid of that bum Bugs from Alabama, and so they've been cleaning house a little bit. But uh, yeah, I don't look for I don't look for D Marvin uh, to see much playtime this year, along with Buddy Johnson. You think he's more of like a special teams rotational piece, kind of similar to what Robinson, the seventh round pick from Ole Miss. And 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 if if Tannehill keeps shooting off his mouth, that'll be another Texas A and M guy on the bench. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> okay, uh, all right. We didn't go back. I don't mean to backtrack, uh, Jim, but what is your uh, scouting report on your whole. What was your school scouting report on the uh, Malik Willis? I had. Well, I took a lot of heat back in 2012 because my number one quarterback on my report was Russell Wilson, and everybody had uh, the kid that went to the Colts, um, Luck Andrew Luck is number one. Um, Mel Kuyper and all them said Andrew Luck was the best since Elway and all this other crap. And um, history showed that uh, Russell Wilson was the best, even though he'll do anything his wife tell him to do. That's why he's in Denver. But um, Malik Willis was my highest rated quarterback since Russell Wilson. That's how high I was on this young man. I was really shocked that um, – 
NFL really, I was shocked about the rise because I really didn't think that many people knew that that much about him. Um, you know, I've been talking about him way before the senior bowl game, but, uh, but I, I thought he was going top five, top seven. I was shocked when um, he was still available when the Pittsburgh Steelers picked at number 20. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. That, it was a shock for all of us. Uh, and if you remember, I remember seeing a report that the Steelers were ready to trade up to 15. And again, guys, I, I was saying literally since the Steelers draft pick was announced, 15 is probably the most optimal trading position for them if they can just get a pick for pick swamp. I don't think it was going to be that. I think they were probably going to lose uh, one of those mid-round picks and maybe the seventh along with it. And, and of course, the Steelers did have multiple picks in the seventh round. They drafted, again, as I mentioned earlier, Mark Robinson, a linebacker, but similar to Jack, running back hybrid. And then they also chose a quarterback from South Dakota State, Chris Aduakin. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. And it seems like this guy, that was kind of a pick where I went, I, I understand they're trying to replenish the quarterback room with the death of Haskins and also losing Josh Dobbs out in out to Cleveland now. But what's your thoughts on this in, in terms of it? They also got Connor Hayward. Uh, the, so they added another brother to the equation with the Steelers. I, I sat there going, I expected that the Steelers were going to address one of two things. Somewhere on the offensive line and a corner somewhere. So, do you agree with that? Do you think that the Steelers kind of went away from what they needed, really, in this draft? Uh, let me just go back real quick um, as far as the, the first round. Um, I would have traded Devin Bush and Terrell Edmonds for a warm six-pack to move <laughs> up to 14 to get Cal Hamilton. Um, from Notre Dame, I thought that um, if you was going to get a defensive player, I said if Hamilton slides out of the top ten, you got to move up and get him. He'd be perfect in a Steeler uniform. He's fit right in there, that strong safety position. Um, but I was wasn't totally shocked um, that the Pittsburgh Steelers took, uh, you know, Connor Hayward. Um, nepotism runs live and well. You know what I mean? I go back to the years where they had, you know, 20 rounds in a draft, 12 rounds in a draft, 12th round draft pick was a high pick. Steelers did a waste. You already got TJ Watts brother playing fullback. Um, everybody knows anybody from Pittsburgh knows I don't like, like the Haywards I'm from gateway and, 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 uh, and Cam Hayward was playing, going to play for Gateway, and he snuck out like a thief in the night to move to Atlanta. And we we could have won some championships, and we lose out on corner. Him and Brisker from Penn State would have been great uh, for the Gateway Gators. So I have no reason. I have no love for the Haywards. Oh, they better not ever move back to Monroeville. But uh, hey, Cam Hayward needs somebody to carry his shoulder pads. And that's what's going to happen. The Steelers don't even use a fullback. So who are you going to keep, T.J. Watt's brother or Cam Hayward's brother? 
it was a waste of pick. So I thought he played tight end too. I think he was more of a yeah, fullback tight end. He's more of he's more H back. H back, yeah. And plus, what are you gonna he, play he on stilts? He gonna get some stilts to play tight end? Uh, no, he, he, Come we, on, we, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Spoken Jim. We got somebody to hold Penn State's pets, uh, shoulder pads. Think about that. I, I'm kind of. You got Penn State pads on shoulder pads on one arm. You got you got Cameron Hayward on another. Uh, hey, I'll call you back. Eddie, I'll call you back. <laughs> oh, she got right. All right. So, Jim, was that? Was that, that do you think that was the worst pick by the Steelers? The, the Honor Hayward, Hayward one. The Steelers draft a D minus, so I wasn't impressed with this draft at all. Wow. I don't know what Kevin he, he gives. Was uh, <laughs> he gives. Hey, he's Kevin a hard Colbert, grader. Maybe he, he's tired. He's tired of all this Hall of Fame talk because I don't understand how in the world you're talking about Kevin Colbert going to the Hall of Fame when Dick Haley, who drafted 13 Hall of Famers and won four Super Bowls, Dick Haley ain't in the Hall of Fame, which is a shame. You know, maybe it's because his, his son is Todd Haley. Maybe that's what's keeping him out. But uh, Dick oh, Haley boy. definitely should be in the Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> 13 yeah. Hall of Famers? That's crazy. Yeah. I, I told Brandon after the draft that at first I, I, I'm kind of with you there, Jim. I, I didn't, I wasn't too impressed. I said C minus originally, then I bumped it up to like a C plus because I do like the receivers, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those picks, uh, they, they were definitely head scratching. Definitely. Yeah, like, it was. Other, other, than, other than the Austin one on day three, like the last three were. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what they were doing, really. I, yeah, I, I was like... I feel like the the linebacker Robinson from Ole Miss was clearly just to bolster up some special teams. The the quarterback from South Dakota State, again, as I'll, I'll say, that, that, felt like a, that felt like a room booster thing. And I'm like, if you really wanted him, I'm willing to bet you probably could have got him undrafted. Yeah, yeah you could have. Because there was a safety on the See, board. I like... Uh, I'm not a safety on lot. Could have had a middle linebacker named Jesse Lakita from Penn State, even though I'm, mm. you know, I gotta plug my mm. stuff. Yeah. He could have been an extra impact if he was gonna pick a couple linebackers. If you need one, a backup to uh, Watt and uh, and uh, Highsmith. So that was one. See all, th- of see all three. See all three of you guys. Not only are you guys football gurus but you're great journalists why hasn't anybody interviewed mitch trubisky to find out if there's don't forget he was the host of dwayne haskins dwayne haskins was staying at his house is that affecting mr trubisky has he been okay uh since that tragedy we don't really know um it it could be another i'm not saying he's gonna it it could be another step on to it who knows um, I don't think anybody's interviewed him or talked to him since uh, Haskins died. No, I don't. I don't think anyone has. No one has it now. I I think he. I, I'd like to believe that he knows the dealio with the entire situation. Everybody and their mother knew that the Steelers were going to go quarterback in the first round. The question was, who was it going to be? And, and of course, he he he's had. 
he now knows the difference between like being the top flight quarterback that has the job near secured to a guy that I don't know if I'm going to be in this league anymore after the next year or something like that. <laughs> I mean, one could one could say one could say uh, one foul swoop and he could be playing for the Maulers in the USFL. <laughs> That's true. And That's honestly, true. I think I think. Uh, I think the uh, combination of all four of us would be a better better pick for the Maulers right now, a quarterback, but we're not doing a USFL podcast anymore. I don't think that's worth it. But, but there, there's a lot to talk about with, the, with, with this draft. I mean, again, no offensive line taken, and you're talking about one pick for the Ravens that that the Steelers should have got. It really should have been Lindenbaum, especially now knowing that another quarterback would not have been drafted until the third round. And the one question that I have with this, everything going on, I want to. I'm going to go take a look at the Steelers' draft list in that third round and see could they have gotten the quarterback they wanted anyway in that third round. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look as well. But I, I believe, I believe that uh, I believe Willis was still available to the Steelers in the third. I'm not sure though. Chris, Chris may know, know that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know on the top of my head. I, I think he was after because yeah, a lot, was, lot, yeah, because a lot of after, those were was he was after the compensatory picks. So yeah, he, he was after the compensatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was after. I remember now because I. I tweeted shortly after the DeMarvin Leo uh, pick that he went to the Titans. So yeah, I don't I don't know if Kenny pick. I mean, like how concerned are you about his age? Because as you mentioned, he's going to be twenty four. Uh, you know, he was the he was the twentieth pick, and that hasn't happened for a quarterback that late since like nineteen ninety seven. Was like twenty six overall. Overall, uh, this quarterback class really wasn't highly graded. So, and, and and there's a history of quarterbacks after like twenty, like they don't usually pan out too. I mean, there's a few obviously, but. Mostly, they don't pan out. Well, I remember in 2004, J.P. Lofman went yeah. about the, around the 20th pick, and uh, he was the only bus out of that class of uh, Rivers, Manning, and uh, Big Ben. So, yeah, you, you got a point there. Yeah. But don't forget, Bart Starr was a 15th round pick, so uh, and he, he played he at Alabama, so yeah. <laughs> You just never know. Like NFL is like not exact scientists. Right. This quarterback class was real, really just like it. It was, it was like a boomer bust, I think, for a lot of quarterbacks. Oh, but uh, what do you think about his hand size? Do you, do you think that's a big deal? Um, I, I don't think they would have that as a measurement if it wasn't important. Uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time uh, was Warren Moon. And right. Warren Moon couldn't hold the ball a lot of times when he got hit. And he threw about the prettiest pass of anybody in NFL history. So, um, you know, I know that ta- I know that uh, Pickett's wear gloves on both hands. And and I don't think it's a, a huge deal. Uh, but uh, National Football League, they train guys on how to get that football out of their hand. I think Lawrence Taylor started it with that uh, – tomahawk chop and the guys have perfected that afterwards yeah. so um we'll, we'll just have to see i'm not concerned about it but uh i don't think the nfl would uh, measure it 
if it wasn't important. And I think he got the smallest hands of any quarterback in the league, even guys on the practice squad. Yeah. All right. So last question for you, Jim. We we want you to explain more in depth about your draft grade. You mentioned it early. You gave it a D minus, which has to be probably the lowest non shock jock. Uh, dr- ranking for a Steelers draft. I I have to go check ESPN. Chris, do you have do do you know what ESPN rated it? I don't. I there Post Gazette posted a bunch of the greats today, and no one had a D minus. Uh, I know Jerry Dulac had a C, uh, but I, I don't think I've seen anything lower than a C as far as the on, online. Yeah. Um. You know, let's face it. Um. Listen, whether you love Kenny Pickens or you don't like him, um, the best that I have him ranked in the AFC, the AFC got some dogs at quarterback, man. Best I have him ranked is 10th. I got I got Joe Burrow over him. I got Lamar Jackson. I got Deshaun uh, Watson. I got Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Hubert, Herbert. Um, I got, uh, you know, Mac Jones. Um, I got Derek Carr, Josh Allen. So the best the Pittsburgh Steelers have a quarterback that's the worst quarterback. And I'm not just talking about Pickett, whether it's Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. Those guys at best would fall number 10. So the AFC North, we're already at the bottom. So now um, what do you do? Um, you got to have a, a great running game. And I think we got a great runner in Najee Harris, and you don't get an offensive lineman um, like uh, Ty mentioned. The Ravens picked an offensive lineman that would have fit perfect Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. Oh, oh yeah. Mute yourself. Sorry. We Uh, needed a a running back to, to help spell. Uh, Najee Harris, and we didn't get a running back there. Um, listen, I'm big on tight ends. Um, tight ends are six foot five, six foot six, 250, 260 pounds. Strong safeties are 5'10, 5'11. So it's a natural mismatch. I like it, you know, to have sometimes to go to a two tight end offense. We didn't address that. Um, middle linebacker, we, we got the weakest middle linebackers. And um, the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. We're linebacker you. Whoa, really? And, um, even with even with like Jack Devin coming Bush in, running around here avoiding tackles, you know. Uh, so um, that's one of the main reasons. I thought that uh, day three they totally took off day three. How are you going to take a quarterback that's 190 pounds? I don't care how good he throws. Would you get getting him ready for the XFL? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you can't play in the National Football League as a quarterback, as 190 pounds. I want to jump, I want to jump into this because the tight end, the tight end room, what I didn't get about the Hayward pick was because of one thing. I thought the tight end room was pretty good this year. I I mean, Raider came on. Um, What else? There was the second guy, Chris, I forgot his name. Uh, Gentry. Gentry. Yeah, Gentry, Gentry came on. I thought the tight end room for the Steelers was was for all intents and purposes, and we lost Jim right there. I, I think because of the uh, the connection, but yeah, I, I mean, I understand, I understand with that. But the linebacker group, I thought with 
with Jack was much improved than you're, you're really just hoping and wishing that, that Devin Bush comes in there. So I understand what the middle linebacker group right now, sans Jack. And, and of course he loves Bob Spillane, but, but I, I thought the tight end room, that was the one pick where I was like, especially a tight end fullback. That wasn't really the one that they needed to do. It's like the same role as Derek Watt, basically, like an H back fullback. Because he's all—he's not even six foot. I don't think he's six foot at least. I don't know. And he's not even playing. And they're not even playing Watt. Yeah. So what's the point? I mean, I guess special teams. Maybe they see in Hayward, Connor Hayward, but I don't know. Like, I don't want to say. I, like, I don't know if they took the day off, but I mean, after that Austin pick, I—I I really don't know what they. Did. I don't know what they <laughs> were doing. That was like, uh, not impressed. But geez, like. D minus, but I was going to just tell Jay, uh, smoking your this. I thought it was going to be, I think they have like, like before they drafted Pickett, I thought they had the worst quarterback situation in AFC. And I said that. Yeah. I mean, I still don't, I'll play it to you like this. The room's younger now, which is the room is younger and un, and more unproven now. Yeah. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give it, it's still in the back end, but I'd want to say that it probably goes from 30 to 20. 30 to 20? I still, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's being yeah, harsh. I'm talking about AFC in general. Oh, well, well, in terms yeah. of, I went league. In terms of the AFC, I think it's, I think it's nicely, nicely in the middle of the pack, maybe the back the of that of middle. It's like, yeah. it's towards the back. Like, I'm, talk, I'm still talking about, Trevor Lawrence and the kid from the Jets, Zach, Jack, Zach Wilson, they can make a bleak. You get what I'm saying? I would say maybe Tua could be. I don't. Tua can make a leap. He gets with Tyreek Hill. Got a uh, Armstead on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot. You're talking about Tariq Hill and 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 Miami, of course, right? Oh yeah, my, yeah. I'm talking about with Tua, yeah. Yeah, and and there's still and there's still a bunch of hollabaloo about them potentially. Where's Where's Debo Samuel going? Like, I I heard for some reason they try to put him into Miami, and I'm like, no, that's way too much money right now yeah. for two wide receivers. Yeah, I think the Jets. I heard that's the team I heard. Yeah, that would that would be the most interesting fit because he's reuniting with Salah who's yeah. the head coach. I'm so uh, what what about what time did you get home and you noticed the water? About six thirty. Huh? About seven o'clock. Seven. Okay, because I was in my kitchen which is right okay. above you. Sorry about that folks. He, he's right. <laughs> he, uh Brandon Brandon was having a light uh Brandon right now of course is dealing with uh, a little bit of trouble in terms of the house, I guess I guess that's why he was out in his car, and as you can see, this has totally gone off the rails, Chris. But I thought I thought uh, something popped up on my my screen where some of the noise, like you know how those ads pop up sometimes. I thought he had helium in his voice for a second, but that was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Regard, but regardless, as we can see it, uh, I'm gonna message Jim by saying we I think we got enough out of that. But uh, yeah, is he trying to come back on now? Or? Nah, I, I don't know if he. I don't know if we're good with the well, interview. I wanted to ask him. Uh, like so, is he a a, a scout, a, a consultant? I wanted to ask him how he got into into scouting. Yeah, that that could have been a question. He's he's it. a consultant because I believe he was. 
I think he was around with none and all that stuff, so that could have been yeah. another question well, to ask yeah, him. We'll we'll get him on again though. Okay. We'll we'll have him on again. I think he'll I think he puts see see why we wanted him on here with him, Chris? Yeah, I mean I was like uh, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate he had uh, you know, t- we're having t- technical difficulties, but I was going to ask him there. I was like I was ready. I was like that was my next question, but you know. Yeah, so we'll have him on again probably around training camp time because uh, of course the big story is the Steelers are back in Latrobe. Yeah. For the first time in 2 years, o- over 2 years, I believe. Yeah, uh so that was uh, that was a good. I, I didn't expect a D minus, but uh, you know, smoking, smoking Jim. He didn't, he didn't hold back there. He, he doesn't like the Devin Bush pick. Obviously, he, he doesn't like Devin Bush. I'm really surprised that he actually managed to put ten in a list. Usually, uh, Chris, I got to show you some of his Facebook pages uh, posts. He would do a top ten list, and there would be like, he, he would go, for example, in five, it would go down to five E, oh, wow. and he'd still continue the top ten. And sometimes he would have offshoots of that. Uh, you, you gotta love smoking Jim. Uh, of course, he's a, he's a mentor, a great friend to me and Brandon. Of course, I I also listen to him for for boxing knowledge, and I know we had Gilbert Manzano on here earlier for the uh, Chargers podcast for last season. But of course, if there's one thing Smoking Jim also doesn't play about, it's his boxing. You can go back into your partner. Is there a, is there a Twitter account that he could uh, that people can follow him on? Um, I don't think he has a Twitter account. Uh, he said thanks. He really enjoyed it, and of course, and we always thank Smoking Jim for his time. He he's on Facebook. Uh, you can check out if, if you're in the Bethel Park area. Uh, Pittsburgh Sports Line is on there, so you could check him out there. And of course, you can also look on Pittsburgh Sports Line Facebook page. You can also check him out on Pittsburgh Community Television. That's where his show. The Boxing Authorities is on, and also you could see Steel City Sports World. There's there's a couple other people we can have on on this show as well. I'm, I, I'd be interesting to put Claudio Relzano because he's really in tune with a lot of the uh, the uh, Italian American community here in Pittsburgh, and he would tell you all sorts of stories about Bruno San Martino, and you, you know, of course, maybe Franco Harris with Franco's Italian Army. That would be that would be a very interesting podcast for us to have on there, just to have more guests that, for once, I book on this show, Chris. I know that you're the uh, oh, yeah. head booker oh, when it comes to this show. Anybody you guys, you know, I, mean, I know you mentioned that other boxer. I think you said he worked out with Bud Dupree or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, see, yeah. And Bud is coming back into town with the uh, celebrity spot, celebrity softball oh, yeah. game at Wild Things Park. I am not the PA announcer for the Wild Things, of course. Uh, but regardless so there's a lot we could talk on with that maybe potentially we can get bud himself on here yeah, you never know on all we gotta do is ask yeah <laughs> it doesn't hurt but regardless chris i want to know um you gave you gave them a, a c plus yeah for I mean, their... yeah i was uh i like the receiver i really like pickens you know you can't really go wrong with colbert and his selection for receivers and you know you know smoking jim he he's he put the perfect guy that kind of remind me of uh, Martavis Bryant really uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Pickens and while he's not as big he, he kind of has like Plexico Burris a little bit too you know going back that far but yeah, uh, he's 6'3 he's so yeah. the, the Steelers are getting big again in the wide receiver room really it's uh, the kid from Memphis and also Deontay that are the small guys in the room and of course I'll put it to you like this that top three while incredibly young 
for the Steelers. I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Chase Claypool in, in terms of everything because he's 6'4 out there. So you'd think he'd be a jump ball guy. And Pickens, as you can see in his draft tape, is very clearly the jump ball guy that we thought we were going to get with Chase Claypool. Then, of course, when you're dealing with a quarterback that's limited in arm talent from what he used to be, and, well, yes, Kenny Pickett, of course, with that not really known for his arm strength, he has made NFL throws. I, I mean, he, he can't put it out there 40 yards. I, I, don't, I think the perception of an NFL arm has just been totally warped when you see guys like Patrick Mahomes out there chucking at 60 like it's no big deal out there. Yeah. So um, yeah, like, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree with uh, uh, Smoke Jim about the day, day three picks. I really, you know, I like the Austin pick, but uh, uh, he, he didn't seem impressed about Leal either, Demarvin Leal. I, I know he's a tweener and everything, but he, you know, he, he he seems to have a pretty good motor. He runs the ball. I know the Steelers they usually do pretty well with defensive linemen. I think and he's a third round pick. Uh, you know, we'll have to see. Um, I, I just I like the receiver picks the best. You know how I feel about Pickett. I really don't know. I know why they did it, but I don't know how. You know, history, like like we mentioned, like twentieth pick. After that, he, you know, he's he's only three months younger than uh, Justin Herbert too. So I'm kind of worried about his upside. Like, did he reach his ceiling? Kind of. Well, you know, and he only had really one good year in college, and it was a weak ACC. Uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. You know, it won't be the first time. I mean, let's <laughs> take a look at the quarterback. Let's take a look at the other quarterback. Also with it. One thing you could say about Kenny Pickett, he faced ACC defenses. He had to go against Clemson. So even a weak Clemson still had a good defense and all that stuff. He was facing pro-caliber defenses his entire five years at Pitt. And yeah. when you look at Malik Willis, he, he, he of course, he, he went to Auburn. They tried to put him at corner. He said no and left. And then he got the opportunity, and he showed unreal arm talent for a team that was playing in the NCAA Independence, which it's different from, you know, going to Notre Dame because Notre Dame, they're going to have a, a hard schedule because they're going to make it worth their while so that whenever you look at them in, whether it's the, the old BCS or now with the college football playoff, they're a player because of who they play. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we didn't see a lot of liberty. It wasn't yeah. like coastal. It wasn't like a coastal Carolina or even a BYU with Zach Wilson, where you know he he had to play against everybody because BYU wanted to have that respect as a school that you know kind of followed in that ilk of Notre Dame, in which we played everyone. Yeah, you know, I, I would have went with Willis over Pickett, but. Uh... I don't really know about Willis either. I think a lot, every quarterback in this class was a boomer bust. Uh, I didn't really like uh, Ritter too much. I didn't really like his release and his like drone motion was kind of awkward. But once upon a time, Sam, yeah, once upon a time, Sam Howell, this was supposed to be the draft that had, that had one Sam Howell and two Spencer Rattler. Yeah. I I think, I think Howell would have been, would have been interesting because, Ritter had solid years as well, and of course led Cincinnati being the first, the first I guess you could say non-power five team to finally break through 
into like big games that isn't Boise State or something like that. But Boise State was in the BCS era, and there was absolutely no chance they were getting up to a national championship. But regardless, Ritter Ritter was interesting because he had to go up against. Eventually, he had to face Bama, and yeah, he didn't do well. But nobody really does well against Bama unless you have an entire squad around you. Yeah, I, I would have waited it out till next year to get a quarterback because this quarterback class is like is one of the worst, you know, in recent time like that I've ever seen. For, and it really, like, I mean, it just shows like Pickett was the latest quarterback to get picked in a draft since 1997. Uh, so I think that just tells you everything you know. And then the last quarterback after he was picked in the first round, Pickett was not to the third round, you know. Or was he Which was, is insane in this quarterback-driven league. Yeah, so I think – I don't know. I think the Dan Marino thing did play at least some part, you know, in, into it. But, uh, you know, they, they know him well. He's right next door. Uh, they like his maturity. They want someone that can play right away. So that, that's why I think he needs to start right away. I mean – yeah. I mean, I know I, I went crazy with the bold prediction on draft night in which they could potentially try to attempt to sit him for a year. I'll put it to you like this. I, I've amended that take. I think that Kenny does sit for a little bit. I think that they potentially give Trubisky an opportunity to play himself out. But in the end, Kenny Pickett does finish the season as a Steelers starting quarterback. Yeah, maybe not week one, but at some point, like hopefully sooner than later. They got to take him off at, at one point. I mean, he, he isn't getting much younger, of course, yeah. whenever you look at his age. And uh, and people say, oh, 24 years, that's not old. Like quarterbacks played to their mid-30s and stuff, but it's all we about. We have one guy still playing in his mid-40s. Yeah, it's all about, you know, if he was uh, really good and stuff, and he was – like most quarterbacks, they come out early or they – you know, you know they're – blue chip players kind of you know they're like they're surefire uh first round picks and you don't know everything you know there's been picks that have been bust and stuff but look at next year's class everybody's saying that that quarterback class at least stroud uh bryce young i mean they'll probably go top five both so and i don't know if the Steelers would have been that bad or they're if they're going to be that bad i don't think they'd ever be that bad yeah, in so, my lifetime it would be insane for for the steelers that the number one overall draft pick in my lifetime it might happen in the future i just don't think it'll be right now yeah, so I mean, on a final, final grade for me with this class, I'm gonna give it C minus. So you're going with C minus. I I don't have courage in my convictions to give him a D, yeah. like like smoking Jim, but Jim gave him a D minus, and it's C minus. But man, is it flirting hard with uh, a, a very nice number for 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 what you would get in that D grade. But a C minus, I think, is this. I think with, I think that the fact that they got their guy and if they re, they believed in it so hard, then I guess you have to believe in it themselves. Uh, Pickens really makes this interesting, and I guess the other wide receiver from Memphis. I I, I want to give Leo more credit with that, with that in terms of it, and I think they learned from their lesson with Quincy Roche last year. You need all outside linebackers and plus a cleaner project. Maybe he can slim down a little bit and become an OLB for this team in a rotational effort. But yeah, they're yeah, but the rest of that day seven, I'll 
I think that Odulakin will be the Quincy Roche of this year's draft and not make the team outright because it's just insane for him to put a seventh round to put a seventh rounder in there. And they could probably, but he might make the practice squad. But that's yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the thought process with, with that was. I mean, it was Colbert's last pick too. You know, his career. So I don't know. It was uh, definitely I don't, I don't know head scratching decision, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. And um, I, I put a question on Twitter the other day about NFL comparisons for Kenny Pickett, and uh, a bunch of Derek Carrs were in there. Uh, Tony Romo was another one that a lot of people were saying. And then even some were saying Joe Burrow, but I, that would be like the real. yeah. I think Joe Burrow is very wishful thinking, based off the entire same situation. Brandon has been saying, has been preaching Kirk Cousins plus, but you yeah. want to know who Kirk Cousins plus really is? Matt Ryan. Yeah, I I mean I mean it seems it seems like the sexy saying, but let's let's call a spade a spade. Kirk Cousins plus legitimately is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan won an MVP. Matt Ryan made a Super Bowl. And really, that's the last frontier for is how good as Kirk Cousins has in a vacuum with the touchdown interception ratio and all that stuff. He doesn't lead his teams far. And that was also a little bit of the, the kick on Matt Ryan before he finally broke through in that 2016 season that was ruined by his... Uh, play calling for one, and Tom Brady just going all Tom Brady. Yeah, was, uh, I, I saw one person commented saying uh, he's a uh, that he's Kirk Cousins uh, or he's mobile Kirk Cousins. Uh, and I don't like uh, I'll, mobile mobile Matt Ryan. I guess would also yeah, be a, be a thing as well. I was watching uh, uh, some of, some of the highlights or the film or like on the YouTube and stuff. And uh, he kind of—I could c- kind of see that Tony Romo comparison because when uh, when Pickett scrambles, he looks like Romo. Like w- when he does that back, when he does that back spin to get to escape the pocket, uh, he it, it kind of it does have some like Romo esque type feel to it. I mean, that's that would be a very nice comparison too. Not that Romo's—he's eh, <laughs> not a Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Fame bro- broadcaster. Yeah, yeah. Chris Sims said that uh, Pickett is a, a better version of Jared Goff. That would be a well. I think I think a good version of Jared Goff wins the Rams that Super Bowl. But but I, but I digress. Uh, we've been we've been spinning our wheels too much after we lost Jim and lost Brandon because of course he's handling with some he's handling some issues right now with his house. But he he wanted to be on this podcast with. Smoking Jim, and, and once again, we do thank him so much for coming on to the show. And Chris, of course, it's good to be back on the podcast with you, and we'll see what, what else comes up here. I guess we're kind of in the uh, end game of the off season, really, until, uh, so, I guess, after rookie rookie camps and schedule mini, comes yeah. out uh, next week. You know, that, oh, of course, we got to talk about that. Yeah, But uh, one last thing before we go, I saw a mock draft. Uh, a way too early uh, 2023 mock draft uh, has the Steelers selecting wide receiver Jordan Addison at 11th overall. And we, we don't know what school he's going to be coming from. Uh, that has been a big story lately because uh, he's in the transfer portal right now. And USC reportedly has a thir- uh, three million Neil deal for him uh, and a house also, uh, supposedly. Yeah. But, uh, we, we don't know yet for sure right now. I'll put it to you like this unpopular opinion. 
uh, USC has a bunch of weapons, and, and I think that, yeah, he's a Blitnikoff, but USC loves shiny toys, man. That's the one that's the one thing I have to say with Addison. It's there's a reason why Larry Fitzgerald is a, is a legend here in Pitt. And yeah, he's talented enough that he could have gone anywhere and done it. But man, when you do it, when you do it at Pitt, you have that pedigree. Pitt's a pro factory, for lack of a better term. And the Steelers are really buying into that with with Pickett, with James Conner. So, we'll see. I I don't blame Addison for going out and and taking three million from USC. I'll, I'll put it to you like this: ten year old Tyler would have been. You're going to USC, buddy, no doubt. See you later. See ya. I'm already halfway on the plane. Three million in a house in LA to play for USC. That's the dream, Chris. Yeah, and you know I'm all for uh, college players. Uh... You know, I, I really – I kind of changed my stance on it. Before, I was kind of thinking, like, you know, they do get most of them like on scholarships so they get free school and stuff. But you look at the money these schools bring in from ticket sales, you know, parking, uh, merchandise, concessions, TV contracts. I mean, they're making a killing, and the coaches get paid millions of dollars. But the players, I mean, what about the players? They're Now, I think only, like, at Division One schools really because, like, they're really – like, Power Five are really the only schools that make money. Uh, I think I I've been I've been preaching this and I was talking with a guy uh, uh, Mr. Burwell at the Western Pennsylvania Hall of Fame I don't know why no I know that not to get semi-political I know that we don't listen to uh, the universal health care system for the United States if there's one thing I really never got with the entire NCAA debacle Please, Chris, go educate yourself on the major junior hockey system up in Canada. Me being uh, an absolute nerd for hockey at at my biggest point, and of course, shout out to the Penguins, triple overtime. Uh, the major junior system is the best way to look at in terms of how the NIL deal should be for college athletes, especially in these big-time sports with football and basketball. I, I mean, there's regulation there. They're getting paid there, and while they're kind of, they're kind of, sorta deferring a college education, they do get a five year, they do get the opportunity for five years with Canadian Inter University Sport up there. That's the NCAA for Canada, but they do also do college stuff and and high and you know high school classes, prep school stuff. That really should be what the NCAA looks at. In terms of everything. Because, yeah, they, they still get treated like pro athletes. Like, they can get traded. They can get released. And while they primarily stay to their province or whatever it is in terms of the major junior drafts and all that stuff. When they get released, it's kind of like a transfer portal in which I remember one goaltender, Jacob DeSeris. He played for Brandon in the Memorial Cup one year. And then he got released from Brandon, and he went to St. John's and won it there. So there's a lot of similarities that the NCAA could do with their transfer portal, NIL, that could clean up all this mess and allow kids that are truly D1 to be in D1 and not have to go to junior college or, at worst case scenario, have a preferred walk-on. There's a lot of stuff that I could talk with the NCAA to make this podcast go an hour as we're about to go with the lives. But 
I, I that's the thing that I'm passionate about, like in terms of if it's like it could be done in a way better way. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people complaining about the, the you know, the the new Neil deal and everything and how college sports are changing, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it definitely is kind of crazy just how the transfer portal just changed everything. It just COVID ruined it too, but. I mean, they're they're dealing with mega seniors. Pick it at a guy that was playing for six years. Yeah, and nothing you could really do because that, you know, that COVID thing was really tough. You know, you know, kids lost a whole year really. You know, uh, or, or it was like a partial season kind of. You know, there so many games were canceled and everything. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is kind of thing when it comes to that. But. Uh, worked out for some it worked out for kenny pickett and i'm sure that there's going to be a lot of other success stories when we look at that COVID year when it's all said and done five or so years down the road but regardless that's all for us here i'm ty polk that's chris ward brandon walker was with us you have been listening and watching the renegade blitz thank you for listening to the renegade blitz podcast follow us on twitter at renegade blitz at our blitz pod and at Blitz Videos. Read articles on RenegadeBlitz.com, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. The Renegade Blitz podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you can listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.